Okay. And then one, two, three, clap. One, two, three. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> that was really fucking loud clap there. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, go, clap. Okay. One, two, three, go. Shit, okay. Sam. Fuck okay. It's good enough. Okay. Hello and welcome back to Real Horror Show. I am your host, Samantha, and I am joined once again by my co-host, The Stormy Skies. Hello and welcome. <laughs> if, if we sound different, if you're one of the nine people who've listened to our <laughs> first episode, you'll notice we sound different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because we're no longer recording in the same room to avoid an echo. Mm-hmm. That was very present in the first episode. Thank you for putting up with that. And also, uh, Stormy was in Pittsburgh recently, and when she came back, she came back with a tattoo of the word "damaged" right across her for right across her forehead. Big mistake. I, I can't look at her and no, take I'll her never seriously. Have a, I'll never have a real job. Yeah, she did it on purpose. She believes in this podcast so much. She's like, I'm just, I'm gonna fuck my face up. <laughs> exactly what i said before they put the needle in my forehead yeah <laughs> so story well, what yes. what movie are we going to talk about today um today it looks like we're going to talk about a nightmare on elm street the original of course that just went up on netflix so it did uh-huh so i think um we're good to go so what is your guess... worst <laughs> what is your worst nightmare sam i'm just gonna my my, my worst nightmare would probably be right now since right now. i'm leaving you to your own devices to record <laughs> i think i'm doing quite well with the recording everything like, has been I... smooth for all i know instead of hitting record you hit the scream button so it's just like screaming <laughs> For some reason, that's a setting on audacity. It's possible. It's possible. (laughs) Another worst nightmare would be, like, my parental figures finding out about this podcast and listening to it. Like, somehow somehow they figure out how podcasts work and they download it. Oh, God. I don't think they'll do that. What? What's your worst nightmare? What's my worst nightmare? Jeez, well... Wow, that's really hard to say. I mean, I, I guess, I, I don't even know. That, that's a good question. Well, let's come back to that. I haven't even thought of it. I've had a long day, so I can't really use my brain right now. Oh, how was your day? What did, what did you do and shit? Um, well, I worked um, from 9 to 5.30, and uh, then uh, immediately got on the bus and worked more with you on schoolwork so that's always fun and now i'm sitting i feel like (laughs) thanks for getting a little hostile during group work (laughs) so they might continue to be hostile yes that's maybe fine don't fucking interrupt me sorry (laughs) well i think what we should do is dive right in to um to talking about the movie and i guess we can just um work through all the pieces of the rubric um so right now uh for our notes 
Um, the first thing we can talk about is, uh, if you would like, characters and acting seems to be the first thing that we have down. And um, you started watching it about 35 minutes before I put it on Netflix. So <laughs> I'll let you begin yeah. and then I'll kind of interrupt you some more if I feel like I have something to say. If I have a strong opinion on something. All right. Like a radio show. Woman repped me. Woman, woman repped woman me. Woman explained to you something. Yeah. All right, so we won't need to take too much time with the story because I think I everybody really so. knows the story. Um, if not, right? spoiler alert, you should probably stop listening. It's, it's all a dream. dream. <laughs> it's all a dream. Uh, so I'm going to say something oh, that geez. could be controversial. No one can play Freddy Krueger other than Robert Englund. I agree. England. Like, no no disrespect to um, that, the other guy. What's exactly. his face? Uh, <laughs> exactly. I can't remember his name right now. Haley Joe, Haley Joe Earl, or something like that. Uh, Rorschach from Watchmen. Like I love him in Watchmen. No one could have brought that character to life other than him. It's just Freddy Krueger is so mm-hmm. rooted into Robert England. Like, and I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street Two. They thought they could just have someone else play him because they viewed it as just some guy Mm -hmm. in a mask but freddy krueger isn't just a guy in a mask he's an actual (laughs) character he actually has um quite a bit of personality um jackie earl haley is the guy that you're thinking of um uh, baby welcome babe in uh the 2010 a nightmare on elm street uh which was terrible because once he's even even spoke it was terrible because it's not the right voice because you're expecting Robert Englund. He has that very, very like, mm-hmm. um, like very unique way of speaking, and he has a voice like no other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, he's he's a comedian outside of being Freddy Krueger. Really, he's very <laughs> much into comedic acting, even though he does a lot of horror stuff. Oh well, that totally comes through. Freddy's that, so funny. That totally comes through in his character and his personality. Um, and it kind of it has to be that way because. Spoiler alert, Freddy Krueger was like a child molester and child murderer, so he can't he can't just necessarily be this really scary, uncomfortable kind of guy. He needs to have some kind of charm to him otherwise. How would he, you know, be charming to children or how would he kind of, you know, have that connection with young yeah. people? And I think that adds a lot so much more sinisterness to his character because you know he could come across as this guy you could really trust with your kids and then he fucking chops (laughs) them up and and eats them (laughs) what does he do with the bodies no one knows which is so that's why it's so scary where did they where did the 20 kids go what happened to them did he bury them did he eat them did he burn them in his furnace he wasn't a boiler room so who really knows what happened to them Actually, that's a valid point. In Freddy vs. Jason, we actually do kind of see more of that part of Freddy Krueger's mm-hmm. life at the we very do. beginning, like his and origin then, like, story. And then, like, you know, them throwing Molotov cocktails through the window and burning burning that boiler room down. Yeah. But... So, I, I think it's not a stretch to say he burned, like, the yeah, bodies. Yeah, I don't think it's a stretch. That's probably why he was in a boiler room. It's just easy disposal. So, but, um, yeah, I totally agree with you 100% about Freddy Krueger isn't just some guy in a mask, because, like... Uh, his face is burned. He does have very, very heavy special effects makeup done to him, but it has to be him because it, you see his face, you know, you hear his voice, he, you have his personality, his body language, um, his one-liners, mm-hmm. his jokes, just anything, and anybody else. Like, anybody can play, you know, Jason and Freddy. I mean, you know, they switched it up, had many different actors. Even for Leatherface, for Texas Chainsaw, there was a bunch of different dudes. Um, 
but this is just me piggybacking off what you're saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, just yeah. no, no, just period, no period. <laughs> yeah. Like how you said right there. All right. Um, why don't you continue and just uh, <laughs> continue with them? Okay. Another, another point about the characters. Another very, uh, very valid point that I have to make and get out of the way get since, the way. you know, we are women. We tend to st- mostly straight mostly. women. We tend to notice attractive men and pretty much every like male actor in this movie is super fuckable. Like Johnny Depp, whether, however you feel about him now after all the Amber Heard shit. I still think um, he's wonderful. He's so fucking cute in this movie. I about what he's done. He's so goddamn movie in this he, movie. Yeah, he's, this was his, you know, first role, and, um, <laughs> he's, he's so, he looks he, so He really innocent. does, but you know what? He is a very innocent character, and also he's really useless, um, because all he does is just fall asleep, um, although she tells him, yeah, please don't should. fall asleep. And he's like, all right. Yeah, we should probably, like, make a list of, like, characters who are most useful to oh, useless. Oh, we really should. I think Johnny John Depp is, like... Glenn is, like, right above her mom. Oh, like, her mom is useless. kind of... Because, you know, Glenn does make the point, like, you know, the way we beat Freddy is to just ignore I mean, him. even if he wasn't... I feel like if he wasn't in the film, nothing would really change except for the fact that he has the most mm-hmm. gruesome death. But other than that, yeah. even, even if um, Nancy's mother was taken out of the picture, nothing would change at all. Not a thing. <laughs> yeah, she, her mom makes the point to say uh, Freddy Krueger's dead because mommy killed him. But I bet like she just went with she, the angry she mob. She wasn't and the only one there. There was dozens she, of people. She probably didn't do yeah, shit. She was. She probably like played lookout, but was like a really terrible lookout because she was probably like drinking and shit. <laughs> now Nancy's dad, on the other hand, he probably like led yeah, the charge. Yeah, most likely. He probably has because yeah, he is yes. a cop, but he, there is something like looming under the surface. So. He probably did some vigilante justice <laughs> to protect his daughter. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Because I, I like love their father-daughter relationship. Yeah. And you can t- definitely tell like this huge difference in the relationship she has with her mother versus the relationship she has with her father. Yeah, there really is. Even when her even when her mom's dying, she calls her mother instead of like mom and <laughs> mommy, and that's such a formal. <laughs> way to address your mom and she always calls her dad yeah i mean we should have taken a tally for how many times she said the word daddy throughout the whole film which is a lot (laughs) plus there's that like the whole like ending scene where she's fighting across (laughs) the street the cops are there and like there's that dumbass cop who's just watching this everything's okay yeah with the bars on her windows i mean jesus what did they do where they can afford bars on the windows i mean that's not true. I have no idea, but what if, at what point do you actually, like, decide to go get her dad when she breaks the first window, when you see smoke <laughs> coming from the fucking house, when you hear this calamity going on? Like, whether or not there's someone in there or his daughter's having, like, a complete <laughs> meltdown. She's literally burning the house down with both her and her mother inside, but, like, that can wait because <laughs> we need to look at all the blood upstairs because they need a mop to clean yeah. it up. <laughs> Jesus yeah, that's what they said. Okay. Uh, <laughs> since we talked about Nancy, we might as well. Um, she's very unique for a female horror protagonist. Like, I won't talk shit about the others because I do think the horror film industry does a really good job at writing strong female characters. Like, I see people complain that they're often victimized, but Jesus fucking Christ, there's a giant hockey player with a goddamn machete coming after them. Of course, they're fucking victimized. <laughs> but um, he never played hockey. To, like Laurie Stroh. <laughs> yeah, he's a poser-ass <laughs> bitch. Uh, 
anyway. Um, but compared to Laurie Strode or who the fuck is the girl in Fr- Friday the 13th? I don't, nobody fucking knows her there, there is There's a different but, um, girl in every, every Friday the 13th movie. So are we talking about the original? Yeah. I, I don't know. No one knows. Anyway, continue. I'll, I'll find me. the um, name. Don't worry. <laughs> but like, they're survivors, but... And they're kind of smart about this their situation, but they're not... Nancy had time to, like, plan this entire elaborate setup, and that's not something you get from other horror protagonists a lot of the time, and I feel like even today you don't really get that. Like, she went full militant commander with, like, the setup she did, and I think part of that has to do with, like, her dad being a cop. And so it plays, it plays really well, and it's just very smart and i i really enjoy how smart she is and how like she's so smart and we know as the audience we know as the audience that she's right about freddy krueger being alive and coming after people in their dreams but everyone in her life thinks she's batshit insane so you see where they're both coming yeah, from. it's a damn shame that that's always that's always the first thing to be said is like oh well she needs help she needs to be institutionalized so let's take her to the sleep study hospital. Oh, and when she wakes up with, like, his hat in her hands, you can see that, like, <laughs> the guy who played the doctor was really good. I made he a did. note of this. Is uh, You can just see in his eyes, like, holy shit, I'm going to publish this and become fucking rich. <laughs> I'll become a legend. Like, she pulled a goddamn hat out of her she, fucking She did, dream. and then her hair turned white from fear. So He's like, oh, God, damn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get God published. Damn, that was a scary we dream. We just learned all of... <laughs> We've been learning all about peer review in our class <laughs> at our at our mysterious graduate school on the East, East Coast. Coast. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very prestigious, prestigious graduate school that's not an Ivy League. No, that's not Ivy we'll League. Let, we'll, yeah, we'll let you guys narrow it down from there. Oh my there. god. Now you're just inviting people to stalk us. I just... Is that what you want? I want to feel loved. I want don't, to feel don't. loved. I mean, no one's going to stalk you because, you know, of your fucking tattoos. Oh, yeah, because and... I'm, I'm a freak. <laughs> yeah, and your, like, super buff body <laughs> from from female bodybuilding competitions. <laughs> don't make me laugh. <laughs> I'm laughing really loudly right now. I'm, I'm trying sorry. to keep my voice to a minimum here with the microphone. I'm, I'm, I'm right sorry. next to I'm... my door in my apartment and the walls are pretty thin so I don't want my, my neighbors to hear me talking about stuff. But anyway. <laughs> um, Alright, so back to child back to molestation. Child so, um, uh, regarding like the characters and acting, just to focus on Freddie a little bit more, um, I like to um, take a lot of notes and I'm a very long-winded writer. So the first thing I mm-hmm. I brought mm-hmm. up was that Freddie always seems to be panting or breathing heavily. Uh, most of the time, uh, whenever he's off screen or you don't see him, especially in the beginning, um, when he's making his glove, um, which just kind of adds to the sick, like sexual appeal of his character. Like the one thing that his character has that not a lot of other like franchise serial killers have is like that, like, um, like not sexual appeal. I don't want to call it, but like, I don't know, Sam, what would you call it? Like it's, he's driven, he's motivated by sex and that's one of the biggest motivators. He's not, not motivated by like. This is probably the English major in me talking, mm. but there's there are a lot of sexual undertones to That's this what movie. I mean, I mean but it's more amplified. He was sexually motivated in his like 
living life because he went after children. He was a fucking child molester, which is a very sexual act, as gross as that is to say. (laughs) But there's also, like, that sexual, weird sexual tension he has with Nancy. Yeah, he really does. You know that Glenn's death was that brutal because he wanted to get under Nancy's skin. Yeah. That's her boyfriend. He's like, I'm going to fuck up your boyfriend. And then he's all like, I'm your boyfriend now. I'm your boyfriend now. Um, And then his tongue comes out of like the telephone receiver um, and Mm -hmm. licks her face. But that's another thing that I wanted to bring up is that like most of the the sequences where like Freddie is chasing you in your dream or you see him, he's just like, he's always like, boo, or like, ah, or like popping out of behind the corners. He's doing jump scares. He's doing random shit to make people afraid. Mm -hmm. He's cutting his fingers off. He's slicing his chest open to reveal maggots are inside. Um, whenever Nancy, or not Nancy, but uh, Tina grabs his face for the first time, it just comes off and he's just fucking with them. Oh my God. He, he's having too much fun. But like, he's he's just, it's just another troll fest. Like my, like, like how I like to bring up, that's what he's doing. And it's, it gives him total control Mm -hmm. because when, they're in his dream he just wants to scare them to death you know and it's really but it's just him being a sarcastic dick too um yeah he's just having fun (laughs) a piece of his character um like and it all goes back to that whole attraction to kids he's trying to appeal to them and shit that's not where you put the semen in the uh You see, in our show notes, we, we have a Google Doc, and in our shared Google Docs for everything, I like to put a little emoticon dick, and just to fuck with her. And it's only bitten us in the ass once, when oh, yes. neither one of us proofs, when neither one of us proofs something we sent to I actually someone we work with. I completely with. forgot about that already, because it was so, so forgettable. Oh, anyway, gosh. anyway, um, moving on with me talking about Freddy and how wonderful he is. Um, I know that um, all the all the gentlemen in the movie are are very attractive, you know. Um, but I actually like really hate Rod I want John Saxon to be my. I daddy. really hate Rod. Is Rod John Saxon? That's his character. Is Rod? No, John Saxon is a uh, Nancy's dad. Really? You like him? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's like super. I thought sexy. you were talking want, about Rod this him. whole time. Oh, girl. No, I want I want John Saxon to be my daddy. Well, okay. Episode title. Oh Jesus! I want John Saxon to be my daddy. <laughs> you don't appreciate your daddy enough. Okay, I'm right here. So just. <laughs> I'm no <laughs> on the podcast. I'm your That's daddy. Okay. Um. Rod is every yeah. So I don't I don't like Rod. I think he's too like too. Comple- he is completely fucking insane and he does deserve to be in mm-hmm. like locked mm-hmm. up anywhere because he's really annoying he keeps he does that weird thing where when people are like walking around he likes to come jump out the bushes and like grab their mouth and like pull them back in the bushes it's like why do you have to do that you re- if you want to talk to someone just go up and talk to them you don't have to fucking make a whole big charade out of it and then like run around with no shoes on and and i i made a note saying like rod like why does he carry a switchblade. What the fuck? Like, I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really hate him. Um, he probably, yeah. they probably just read Outsiders in English <laughs> right. class. And he's like, he looks like a greaser, really doesn't cool. he? Um, but it's, uh, and I do like Johnny Depp's character. Uh, he, he, it is his breakout role. He does do great. He's a little bit um, unmotivated. He is useless. He falls asleep a lot. He does die. I mean, 
it's because he died because he was I'm, a, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't die first um, but that's okay but we all know that um, uh, my pride and joy of this film is just Freddy Krueger I, I just adore him and I think he's wonderful him and his Christmas sweater are just great so also I like that uh, Wes Craven uh, revisits characters um, the one I don't know if it's a police chief from a different town or another police officer sheriff somewhere is the same police chief in scream it's the same guy is it, it really is the same guy the same guy who's he, he's okay. not um he's in it in the beginning and in the end uh hmm. yeah so when you watch it again it like because watching scream it's <laughs> it's the chief it's the chief in scream the one who's dewey's boss uh same guy so i was like oh hell yeah so ah. does that mean Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street take place? Oh, please in the don't same bring up cinematic universe? universes to me. I was I knew you were gonna do that. Um You know what? They probably oh, no. do because remember uh Wes Craven does the cameo where he is Fred the Janitor. Mm-hmm. But no one really has a nightmare in Scream, do they? You don't really Actually no, they can't take place in the same cinematic universe because they bring up Nightmare on Elm Street in the beginning. Oh yeah, don't they? Movie. They do, don't they? Okay. We'll save the scream talk for episode three, I think. Um, episode three. Okay. I thought you meant like the th- what? <laughs> yeah, episode three is gonna be scream. Um, Nancy's mom. Okay, what? A, what? A, I like wrote a shit ton, didn't I? Um, Jesus Christ! I'm just now are looking you just at now all the looking? notes. Sorry, you I just have a lot to say. Um, I ag- agree with you about how Nancy is wonderful and how she really goes. Um, she she doesn't play much of a victim because she's too busy not taking in shit from anybody and she's always like she's always yelling at people or like angry because she she knows that she's not crazy um and she's sarcastic and uh freddie loves probably loves that um also oh the fact that she's watching evil dead at one point in the movie just to uh, keep herself awake um is just is just fabulous and and also like she she goes ham with the booby traps she's just a great a brave leading lady and um she she like fucking hides that whole coffee maker under her bed that whole thing is under there and her mom yeah. never fucking noticed that and an idiot how can you not hear the coffee her brewing? character as a yeah. whole her character as a whole has like so much to do with her parents and you see that in this movie which is another rarity in horror films even today because oh, yeah. like, parents are always absent you see yeah. her mother who's like just a very weak person oh, yeah She's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She's very. She's trying to be a good mom, but she's not very good no. at it. And then her dad, who adores her, he, he has a picture of her on his desk at <laughs> yes. work. He's he's also like this tough asshole. And ew, there's a bug on my wall. Gross. <laughs> um, he's this tough asshole. Yeah. And she's probably taken a lot after him too, because of his profession and his demeanor and. Her parents are divorced, something still rare in media today. So you see how all of that had an effect on her and how she's not really this common horror movie female protagonist. Sorry, I don't know where the bug went. It's okay, don't worry about the bug. It's hiding. It's waiting for you when you before you go to sleep. <sighs> but yeah, her mom her mom is actually really dramatic in a very like sub like subdued muted way she's just so dramatic and then like her face like disgusts me and she has like too much plastic surgery or like too much makeup on it's very bizarre the way she looks nothing like nancy at all i don't know where she where they found that woman um 
uh, yeah. Um, all the, the only other notes I have to say were, uh, how much, how Glenn is so useless because he falls asleep. Oh, and you know, also the fact that, um, to, just to, uh, go back to the, uh, the, the sexual tension between Nancy and Fred Krueger is, um, <laughs> the whole like end half of the movie when she's trying to go to, she's just like goes to sleep. Cause she's like, Oh, I'm going to go to sleep and like go find Freddie and pull him out my dream. But she is just teasing him the whole time because she's running around the house like, oh, bet you can't catch me, can't catch me. She just jumps into his arms all the time trying to grab him. He's just like, <laughs> like she's just, she's throwing herself at him and just, he just, he loves it. So, yeah. And how innocent is that whole plan when she's going over it with Glenn? Uh, just her, like, her, pull, her, she's like, oh, I'm going to pull him out of my dream and you're going to like punch him in the face, right? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Yeah, that's like punch so him in the face and take him down for sure. Cold cock him. It's like, okay, yeah, okay. like the, this maniac who can like haunt people's dreams is going to go down. <laughs> go down with one punch, punch from John, scrawny, one baby Johnny Depp punch. little Johnny Depp who's like really tiny in this movie. He's just very petite person, you know. He's, um, he's so innocent. He's like a little doll. Oh, on one final character note about Glenn. For those of you who are into Skyrim, you might notice something oh familiar hanging on his bedroom Is wall. That really the, uh... the black handprint of the Dark Brotherhood. Is, really the Is he a member of the Dark Brotherhood? Oh. Does that mean Glenn has killed somebody? <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Join the Dark Brotherhood. Theorize. <laughs> I'd rather eat my shoes than join the Dark Brotherhood. God. Moving on to story, like I said earlier, we won't spend a lot of time on this because I feel like anyone listening will know the story of a nightmare on elm street they're aware of it at least i mean that's why you guys are listening you want to hear two random chicks on the internet <laughs> yeah talk more about it exactly. because you love it if you're listening and you haven't seen it then sorry for all the spoilers i guess um yeah sorry sorry we're spoiling a we're spoiling 33 <laughs> year old movie Maybe you should get with the times and uh, watch it. But uh, sorry yeah. that we spoiled every single movie that has been on the podcast website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But um, uh, just a small uh, a small note I want to make about the story. Like I'm just gonna like say this once because every time I say it, I feel like I just talked about it for like more more seconds than necessary. But um. What are you talking about? This is the first time we've recorded this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about the other podcast. So, anyway. Um... <laughs> are you cheating on me? What? No, of course not. Anyway, Sam, just, just don't worry. What the fuck just, is her name? Just don't worry about it. Um, anyway, what I was saying was uh, the story uh, has the fabulous, fabulous kids jumping rope and, like, singing that weird, creepy kid rhyme and, like... I guess that could be overlooked, but, like, listen, if you watch any other, like, horror movie, like, you're gonna see, like, the blood and the gore and the killing, and you're gonna have, like, memorable killers and memorable weapons, but you're not gonna have, like, you don't ever have, like, that memorable, creepy, like, atmosphere aspect where, like, when you look out the window and you see these girls jumping rope in white dresses and they're seeing one, two phrase coming for you, and in every movie that's kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of built upon, and uh, it's definitely, uh, it's even prevalent in uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Um, so that just like kind of amps up the eeriness and uh, amps up the freaky creepiness of all the people who think that kids are freaky anyway. And uh, when they sing like their creepy little rhymes, it makes it even worse. So 
Right. That is a fabulous aspect and little detail of the Friday 13 shit. What else do you like? Are you gonna yeah, and it's yeah. it's a really iconic tune. I feel like you can't you <laughs> yes. can go into a grocery store and start humming it, and at least one person is going to give you a weird look. I feel like that's just if I should like when I'm closing my store at night, I should just start singing that, and then instead of at telling people that we're closing, they'll just leave. <laughs> Your creepy antique store or wannabe antique store? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, I think that's a good way to describe if someone it. Someone is in at eight fifty nine, trying to buy something, and I just you know say one, two, Freddy's coming for you, but completely monotonous, like no tune at all, and just keep going with it. They might just leave by themselves, and I won't have to say, oh, excuse me, I'm closed. Like, I'm actually surprised the store you work at doesn't sell <laughs> fucking mounted Freddy claws for your wall. That seems like something quirky that they would want to sell. Um, I should probably like put in an order for something like that then i feel like that would be a great seller hot seller <laughs> Freddy yeah <Claw>. especially uh, <laughs> especially at halloween okay moving on to your next point yes. about rob dying a little too fast rob dying too fast let me look for my yeah rob died a little too fast yeah yeah okay so rob he got hung in the jail cell uh while he was like oh like waking up from like a sleep or something and uh, usually, um, if you're getting strangled by a rope and you don't fall from a platform, your neck won't break. So Rob's neck isn't broken. Right at that point, he's just you know um, strangling, like getting strangled to death. But it, he literally dies in maybe under five seconds, which is bizarre because it takes at least, uh, I'd say nine or nine to twelve seconds to render someone unconscious, and like even even then their brain stays alive for a while, um, waiting for oxygen. Mm-hmm. So they can get like, they, they could have like given mouth to mouth and he would have come like, he would have been revived, but no, he just like died outright. And I wrote, that's that Freddy yeah. magic. <laughs> so yeah. he just fucking killed See, this him. Is, this is why I wanted to host the podcast with you is because you know way too much about how people are supposed to die and what scenarios. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's very, just a gift. I was born this way. It's very unsettling. Uh, let's see. Nancy complains about looking 20 years old. A little insulting. Maybe she does say 20 years older, but I'm, I swear to God, dude, I watch movies with, um, the, with the, uh, the captionings on so I can read the words. And she, I swear to God, she says, oh, I look 20 years old. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. It's, it's a little insulting because you and I are well above 20 years old at this point. Yes, I suppose we are. <laughs> By about, well, for me, it's only four years, but oh. for you, it's a whopping five. Oh, yeah, geez. Way to give, give, way to, like, uh, give away my age to everybody and date me. It's fine. You sound like a child anyway, Do so really for all like they know, I don't know, for all they know, we're actually, like, 12-year-olds who... That's fine. We could be 12-year-olds. I don't mind. Okay. 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 Let's just talk at a higher-pitched voice. <laughs> no is high-pitched enough anyway moving on from that um did you have any other uh any other notes that you wanted to highlight that i wrote down anything anything funny? uh i i didn't write it down but <laughs> yeah at a, this is the first time i'm bringing it up ever of course uh, the door the door in the movie ah yes the door the blue door 
Yeah, I can't. It's supposed to be red. It is supposed to be red. I think it is red at some point, but I can't fucking figure out when it is red. But in this movie, it's it's, it's blue. blue. It is blue, and it's re- it's really fucking me up. Like, is the Mandela effect real? <laughs> is the Earth actually flat? I mean, I for one totally believe the Earth is flat. Of course you do, you psycho. Pardon me. You're excused. But um. Yeah, you know, at the very end of the movie, when we see uh, Nancy's mom get pulled back through the window, the, the window of the door, the door is blue. However, I did make a note that the window, like, the window panes are painted red. So you'd think that, like, they would paint the door red, too, but, like, no, it's blue. But the window panes aren't, like, that uh, iconic symbol for Nightmare on Elm Street. No, it's, it's the red door. door. So because there's that whole scene i think it's a deleted scene actually and i'm a movie nerd so i watch like all the deleted scenes (laughs) in commentary there's that scene where i think monica keaton goes up to her house to like prove to herself it's she doesn't live in the freddy krueger house and so she scrapes away the green paint i believe on the door and reveals that it's red paint underneath and for me that's such an iconic scene so it's really weird that in the first movie the door is blue, so when does it become red? Yeah, I'm gonna have to look further into that because I really tried to figure out what movie it changed color. <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. f- fucking figure it out, man. Um, I mean, it's totally possible that later in the series it did because they had a new director for almost every movie except for one and three and Wes Craven's New Nightmare, if you want to count that into series canon. But I don't know, it's really... It's fucking me up. It's, it is. Oh yeah, I'll be straight about it. Like <laughs> I think, I think the Mandela joke, the, the Mandela, Mandela effect. effect, is a complete joke. Yes. But now I'm starting to wonder: Did we really cross into an alternate reality? I won't bring in politics, but it feels like we crossed into an alternate reality. It's possible that we have. <laughs> shit's going down everywhere. Yeah, shit's going down everywhere. Um fuck are we doing with our lives we're hosting a goddamn podcast when we're living in the fucking blast zone stormy <laughs> i guess we are living in the blast storm or the, russia the blast could zone. be dropping a goddamn bomb on us right now and what are we doing i really hope that they don't do that but okay <laughs> moving on um at least before we move back home jesus let's just hope for the best here um moving on to the production um sam you have a uh, very uh very strong note here uh talking about how much you enjoy the effects of the movie. Yeah. Yes. I love the effects in this movie practical. so much because they're almost all practical. This was 1984, so really no CGI, no like mainstream CGI effects were used and what they managed to do with a shoestring budget because New Line Cinema was very new at the time. I feel like this was maybe their first or second movie to come out. And what they had to, like, do in order to make these effects look as real as possible was incredible. In fact, for both the Tina's death scene and the Johnny Depp's death scene, Mm -hmm. they were shot on a revolving set. Oh, yeah. So all the furniture and, I believe, Rod were glued to the ground so the set could revolve as Tina gets dragged across the floor, quote-unquote. Oh, that's fabulous. So there were no wires in that scene. <laughs> and that's why it looks as good as it does even today. Uh-huh. And then, same thing for the Glendeth scene. They revolved it so that the bed was on the ceiling, and then they just dumped gallons of blood 
through the hole? <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Oh, wow, it's a lot of blood. Oh, God. Yeah, and it it all works and it holds it up today. The one that I think holds up the best is the scene where Nancy's asleep in the bed and Freddie kind of comes from the wall mm-hmm. above her. Mm-hmm. And they did that with a piece of white nylon, I believe, or white polyester, some stretchy fabric, and just had Robert England lean down into it. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, that is And that fabulous. scene... What the fuck's going on in your apartment? Oh, I uh, hear banging. That's uh, someone open. Someone like entered the apartment building. <laughs> Tell them to shut the fuck up. I should. <laughs> but uh, move. Continuing with what I was saying. Um, yeah. It holds up really well today. Like you look at that scene today, and it's still a beautiful shot. And then you look at what they did in the 2010 remake. Mm-hmm. How it's completely CGI, and it looks. I watched it before we did this review, and it looks so horrible. It does not hold up well at all, because not only is it CGI, but it's cheap CGI. Uh. And the whole the whole movement was way too big. Like, yeah, you have the ability to make Freddy completely pop out of the wall and, like, wave his arm around and try to kill Nancy, right. but you don't need to do that because that's not nearly as scary Mm -hmm. as the whole slowly descending from the wall thing right right yes because sometimes you don't need to go big with effects you know yes sometimes the scariest thing the scariest things are the smallest things and i agree with that completely i mean i really love um their use of blood um in the movie um like i feel like if i watch a horror movie and there's no blood then i just feel like it's not worth it for me um because I really do love the aspect of gore, and uh, there's just all that red blood, and it's just wonderful um, in that movie, especially when um, <clears throat> oh, when Johnny Depp's character dies. <laughs> there's just so much of it. Um, also, like other like other just great like uh, just like tableaus yeah. in the film um, is uh, would, have, would have to be. The, the shower scene, or not the shower scene, like the bath scene is my favorite. Uh, when Nancy's in the bath and then uh, Freddie's like razor fingers come up from between her legs. It's just fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic image from that film. And like no matter where you see that, you just know exactly yes. what film it's from. Um, uh, and it, uh, at that point, like in the yeah. movie, it, it's when she starts doing like, she starts getting more mature and like uh she tucked her mother into bed and like that's kind of when she became an adult and like it, it's i don't want to be like a cliche and say like this is kind of an awakening for her but like this is like how she has become more mature than anyone else is because she's dealing with this like trauma which is freddie and then like him his hand being in the bathwater and like her being pulled under um i don't know that's just kind of like a turning point for her and i guess her sexuality too because um, it's just sexuality is just like a huge thing for Freddie, of course, which is why another reason why I love this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Uh, to go back to the bathtub scene, do you know how they did that effect? <laughs> Enlighten me. Uh, they actually had like a little water tank underneath the set. Oh, interesting. So she had to kind of hold herself up in the bathtub. Hold herself scene. up, right? It's probably why her legs are spread in the first place is to hold herself up. And then Interesting. Yeah, and then uh she just gets pulled under by a stagehand. But it's yeah, uh, underneath the bathtub. 
I like it. <laughs> That's fantastic. I had no idea. So practical yet so effective. Practical effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, what else? I'm just reading this note now. Uh, I didn't know that the call letters on Glenn's TV are also Kruger. That's something they bring back yeah, in Freddy vs. Um, Jason. Yeah, I like, uh, when I watch movies, I really pick up on the little tiny itsy bitsy details the first time through. Um, and, and uh, yeah, when he said KRGR the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, you thought you'd slip that by me. But uh, no. Uh, so that's very, very clever. No, that's a, that's a really nice bit of continuity. I'm sure it's unintentional, but yeah, but still yeah. very nice. And they added it to Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, because uh, like I said, I listened to commentaries, and uh, Robert England <laughs> okay, pointed that uh, out in the commentary, and I'm like, sense. wow, that's really clever. Um, and yeah, her mom's death <laughs> at the end is really weird, and one of those effects that just does not hold up in 2017. It's killing is it off? Yeah, like I like the whole he climbs on top of her while she's on that's, while that's he's fabulous. on fire. <laughs> aspect but then like but then she like ascends into the bed and some like i'm guessing she's going into a rock music video <laughs> with the lights flashing and shit, and yeah. shit the fog machines yeah she's about to like join a night writer music video she's being foreigner to a maybe. haunted house <laughs> i mean that dummy came from a haunted house store yeah clearly it did like the mummified burnt up like not a good one but like party central party central you mean like party city is it not part? I thought it was Party Central. Oh, no, it's Party City. <laughs> this is the riveting discussion that's going to make us stand out from the other <laughs> podcasts. I, I, I don't know if you guys have Party Central's down here, but where I'm from, it's called Party City. And there's also Paper Mart, too. I don't fucking like, know what the Paper Mart thing, is. That's I, dumb. I know, it is, it is really dumb. That's why I don't go to either of the stores. We have a... <laughs> We have um, Chocolate Paper, where I'm from. It's a locally owned chocolate and stationery store. Oh, wow. Okay. So but they don't have like, sheets of paper that are made of chocolate? No. What? But it's very, it's very high-end. It's very, that sounds, yeah, that sounds very high-end. nice. I like that. I like it. All right. Um, I don't have, I don't think I have any, anything else to, to note, because we already talked about Nancy's mom dying. Yeah, let's get to the bulk of our podcast, like the oh, meat Jesus. of it. Oh, what yeah, we're trying to do to set ourselves apart besides fascinating discussions of Party City versus Party Central. <laughs> Party Central. <laughs> okay, so how effective is this movie into tying into our real life fears? I think it does very well because Wes Craven was inspired by a true life story to make this movie. The true story was some kid, he didn't want to go to sleep, but eventually he did fall asleep, and then his parents heard him screaming from his bedroom, and by the time they got to him, he was dead. And upon investigation, like, into his death, they found under his bed all the sleeping pills he was supposed to be taking, but wasn't taking. So there is, like, a real-life element to it with the whole you know, night terrors thing, because night terrors are something that a lot of kids do have. My brother had them, I had them, so... Wait, so what was the kid's cause of death? Did they ever find out? Uh, that's something I would have to look into, but yeah, I didn't do shit. much research prior into talking shit about the 2010 movie. But yeah, we're at our, we're at our most vulnerable when we're asleep, so... Right, of course. It's, 
it's terrifying to think that our own minds could turn on us in a way that it would try to kill us because that's essentially what Freddy Krueger does. He goes into your subconscious and kills you through your mind. Yes. And, you know, in, re in reality, you won't have like the gash marks in you, but you could still die. And I do believe there's mythology that if you die in your sleep, you do die in real life. And I've had a dream recently where I'm like drowning in IRL. I'm having trouble breathing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could possibly have a sleep apnea. Yeah. Hold on. Pause. 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 Okay. Go. Okay. okay. Alright, I'm back. Sorry about that. Our microphones fuck up if we have them plugged in too long, and we start getting demon voices, and that's what was happening on Stormy's end. But we were talking about the subconscious betraying you, so... Yeah. Yeah, that was really all I had to say on that subject. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to go off of, of, like, the conscious betraying you and, like, how scary this movie is to people who have, like, had to deal with that or, like, they do fear that, um, uh, they do fear being, like, attacked when they're sleeping. Like, I know that, like, my mom can't, she doesn't like, uh, this movie because that's the aspect that freaks her out is that he comes for you in your dreams, um, like, we've all had those, like, really terrifying nightmares or, like, recurring nightmares where, like, you're, you're dreaming, but they're so, they're so scary that they're so realistic. And you're like, am I, you have, you second question yourself in your subconscious or, like, am I dreaming or, like, your unconscious mind thinks that. And then uh, you do end up waking up, but you're just, like, terrified. And then you're like, shit, like, I, that was a dream, but, like, I, like, it got too real. And then, like, even to go off that like I, I hate when people like go around and they're like oh yeah I practice like lucid dreaming and like all that crazy shit and um, no you don't fuck with that shit no yeah exactly you do not fuck with that shit and even if like what's the other thing that kind of like stems off of lucid dreaming that people like to do it's have you um I think I know what you're talking about have you seen the documentary or mockumentary nightmare on Netflix or the no. nightmare it's about it's about what you're trying to talk about it's um not lucid dreaming it's where you're like sleep paralysis sleep okay yeah there's that too sleep paralysis and that can happen yeah. no i you, see like... i see people online sometimes like teaching you how to trigger sleep paralysis and i'm like why the fuck what? would you do that no 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 and then like the, the thing that i'm thinking of is uh it's the fucking same thing that the kid has in insidious uh, where he like dreams and then his body like floats away from him like he's having like an out-of-body experience oh as uh, astral projection Ast astral projection right and like people like fucking bite books on that shit to figure out how to do it and i was like why would you want to do that i mean like i know no, insidious I is a work of fiction but that. like still man like do not fuck with the the dimensions of your mind and your body and like separating those two that's not a good idea <laughs> no it like, should not be fucked with <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm a pretty realistic person. Unlike you, you seem pretty spiritual sometimes. Like, not religious spiritual, but as in, like, witchy spiritualness. <laughs> and it's like, there's some like things in that realm I won't fuck with, even though I don't believe in 90% of it. Like a dirty hippie. Yeah, you are a dirty hippie. A dirty goth hippie. <laughs> a dirty who's also a female bodybuilder with the word damage tattooed across her forehead. Yeah, it's starting to heal because it's getting itchy, so uh, that's how you know it's healing. But um, It's good. That's good. I'm glad it's healing. It is I healing. Would... It'll be healed in time for graduation. Nice. <laughs> nice. 
Um, let's move on to um, our second uh, our second point in uh, how realistic this film is regarding child molestation. Uh, you find that to be the scariest element of so this of movie? Yeah, I mean, it's the real-life monsters. Um, it's the evil that you're next to and you would never know it. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that in 1984, Wes Craven would want to address this topic with, you know, Stranger Danger just kind of coming into play. I Parents were finally kind of starting to realize that their kids aren't safe just going to the movies by themselves. There was a... Uh, when my aunt and I believe my uncle were younger, they were allowed to go to the like dime movie theater on their own. And one day they were watching a movie and the police came in and arrested a man and they found out later that he was arrested because he was a child molester. Oh goodness. <laughs> like that's shit people didn't really think about 30, 40, 50 years ago because there was an innocence back then. And I do believe there is still an innocence in regards to stranger danger. I mean, we're, our generation now has like classes in middle school that are dedicated to not talking to strangers on the internet, but that doesn't mean kids aren't going to do it because there's just an inherent want to believe mm-hmm. that the people, the person you're talking to online is who they say they are. Like right. if we didn't have that belief, catfish wouldn't be such a big phenomenon right now and sometimes that whole thing backfires on you and it's it's so it's scary you know even though I'm an adult I still worry that sometime someone's just gonna hop out of their van and kidnap me (laughs) can you hear me okay yeah I hear you fine I don't know if this is picking me up pretty good I mean, it's picking me up, but a very low volume. Here, um, pause again. Pause again. Go. All right. Oh, shit. Now, now I forgot what I was talking about. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. molestation. Yeah, you kidnapping. said that you were very afraid of uh, getting snatched up in a white van. We don't want that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though we live in, like, um, a pretty populated area, it's still a possibility that someone will just jump out of their van and kidnap me because it's a populated area but it's also an area where people don't give a shit about you right right you never know <laughs> like if i were kidnapped in my hometown i'm sure there would be at least a can a, not a candlelight visual because i'm not that important actually never mind it's high school rules like if you get kidnapped you're suddenly the most important person in everybody's life right <laughs> yeah that's but exactly fuck. right Fuck dying in high school if you're not popular. As soon as you die in high school, you're like the most popular piece of shit on the planet. Exactly. Goddamn. God, I hate that so much. You hate that? <laughs> I hate it so much. Like, no. You didn't acknowledge this person 90% of the time in high school and suddenly you were best friends with them. Yes. That just, that shit just don't make no sense. Alright. Yeah. Did you have any notes on child molestation? Um, child molestation, uh, no, not really. I mean, it is a very pertinent, uh, thing in the film. Um, and I love how, like, the, the town just, like, rallies together to, uh, you know, throw Molotov cocktails through his window and, like, mm-hmm. catch him on fire and all that shit and he dies. Um, but, uh, of right. course, of course now you can kind of go online and, and find out, you know, if there is a, you know, a sex offender, registered sex offender, like, near you. Um, yeah 
which makes it all the all the creepier because people like to kind of go about their day and be like, oh yeah, everybody around me is normal and I'm totally safe. However, like the person sitting next to you on the bus uh, may have raped a child, you know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the and, reality of it. And sadly, like that vigilante justice that they take out on Freddy, still something that has to be done today because I don't think child molesters are often given the amount of time in jail they should have. However, like, I believe that when they do go to jail, their time in jail is very rough because they're, that's oh, a yeah. very taboo thing in jails. Like, people hate. Oh, yeah. Uh, rapists and child molesters get the most shit in prison when they go to jail. But, I mean, there are a lot of child molesters who don't end up having jail time. But when you get put on the sex offender list, what a lot of people don't know is that you lose, like, your right to own a computer, your right to be near children like a whole bunch of like basic rights but you don't go to jail so that means that you can still go out and like attack a kid and that's really scary yeah but you don't have like a very good means to kind of plan it out i guess Mm -hmm. when you don't have a computer but i guess it doesn't matter because in the 80s that didn't matter (laughs) yeah did it no um no i mean people had computers in the 80s but they weren't really good computers no they weren't used to like meet kids on the internet like they are today right right um what was i about to say something about meeting kids on the internet no not that oh there was a true story not too long ago a couple years ago it was mentioned on the sword and scale podcast shouts out uh (laughs) this christian puppeteer guy he was a part of an online community that like he wanted to kill and like, after he raped them, he wanted to, like, kill and eat the kids. Jesus. Like, you should look it up. It's super oh. fucked up, and that's one of the one... That's... It fucked me up for weeks. Like, I couldn't get... Because they read his chat logs with other people on this website, on the podcast, and I couldn't get, like, those words out of my head for a really long time. <laughs> Do you know what the episode was, is called? I'll look into it. Uh, I'll look, a, I'll look yeah, it up we'll once look we're done recording. Time. Yeah, no, it was a really good episode, and they used a digitized voice because they're reading online. Yeah, and I think that also contributed to just me being creeped out even more. Oh, yeah, it takes the humanity out of it. And yeah, but I think that's all we should talk about child molesting, child molestation for the night. Yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh... And then just another fear is the whole alcoholic parent thing and parents who just don't care about you and that can tie back into the child molestation factor because when your parents don't care about you you kind of seek that parental guidance from someone else and, and why not you'll be ready? yeah you could end up putting it in the wrong person right and exactly that person could hurt you so parents should definitely like just listen to their kids or else they're their kids are going to find someone who will listen to them especially now with the internet we keep harking on the internet it's great but it's still super dangerous oh yeah it is i mean come on we call a fucking cars from the internet to come pick us up and every time i get in an uber i'm like this is probably the last time i'll be seen alive i should probably text my boyfriend and tell him i love him yeah, <laughs> give like him the this. license plate number this is why i um I, I never use Uber because I always just um just 
I think about the most messed up story I can write about any situation I'm in. So I'm like, if I wrote a story about an Uber driver who was a serial killer and Uber just was the vessel that made it so easy for him to get one person alone and kill them but not mm-hmm. get caught and just keep making money. It just, it's, it's so easy that that opportunity is just handed to people who do yeah. that. You know what I mean? So I, I've never Ubered. <laughs> and you also have a car, so shut the hell up. <laughs> Driving is the most dangerous thing to do, Sam. Okay. You should probably never get a car. It's a waste of money. I had a car, but we sold it. What? To my boyfriend. Oh, so he has it now? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, right so now, I, te- I technically have still a have a car. But right now, I'm the one who has the car in the relationship, so. <laughs> this isn't a relationship. Unless this is a business metro. partnership. I use the metro often, and I also take the bus. I okay. use the metro every goddamn day. Don't say metro. That, that'll give it away where we are. The train. It's fine. It's too late. The subway. <laughs> the subway. Come kill me. Come, come kill me, please, before the missile comes down. Let's continue okay, on. so let's let's try to wrap this bitch up. All right, um, let me just go over uh, the three rules of a surviving horror movie. Actually, you know, there's another little tidbit I have to add to the three rules. I'm gonna have to add it to our rubric. No. Um, is uh, um, how virgins always survive the big chase in the horror movie. Uh. Which kind of remains true. I don't know if Nancy is a virgin or not in this film. I, in my opinion, I think she is. I know that you don't think she is, but I just I have a funny feeling that she might be, um, and that's why she doesn't get killed. Um, but Tina and Rod are breaking the horror movie rules left and right um, mm-hmm. because uh, they keep having premarital sex, and like their their sex scenes are like very, very. Um, like weird and uh like awkward and like really loud and it's just it's very bizarre and uh Freddie probably just killed them you want it to stop yeah you just want it to stop because they're like it's it's so put on it's like oh please um and I know that you said that she's faking it (laughs) yes I know that you said that Nancy is tripping balls on caffeine pills but I said that no that doesn't count because Illicit drugs is the bad thing. None of them really do any illicit drugs that I can tell. However, Rod looks like the type of person. I don't want to label Rod, but he looks like the type of person who is a drinker or does. Yeah, if he didn't, if he didn't get murdered, he would have become a wife beater. (laughs) Let's let's not beat around the bush here. But uh, if he hadn't died, he would have probably become a wife beater. Oh, Not that we're laughing at spousal abuse. If you're in Rod that situation, seek help. Just yeah, seek help. But I'm just asking. I'm just laughing because Rod is such a clown. Because like one, he keeps like pulling girls into the bushes by putting his hand over their mouth as if like that's how he talks to people. It's like Rod, you can just walk up to someone and talk to them. You don't have to fucking. I would have. I would have fucking loved to see him do that with Johnny Depp at least once. Right. And Johnny Depp's like, Like, that's just the thing he does to (laughs) It's just like, oh, that's typical Rod, you know, like, classic Rod. It's, like, fucking crazy. And then he also has the fucking, um, like, switchblade thing, which I'm pretty sure any, any, like, type of knife that is, uh, like, uh, projected on a spring is illegal. 
um, to own. This was 1984, and he probably just read The Outsiders in his eighth grade <laughs> reading class. Well, he looks like one of the one of the characters in The Outsiders. Um, no one in the movie says, I'll be right back. Uh, so only one rule is technically broken, but that's all you need um, to buy the dust in a horror movie. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, this, the kids in this movie are surprisingly innocent for a horror movie. But the mom does die twice because she decides that she's going to be an alcoholic and hide vodka bottles around her house. Is she? But I don't is know the why. mom the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer? What? She died twice. Buffy died twice. <laughs> Bro. I'm not going to say what I'm about to say on air, but I'll say it to you in private. In a does it involve does it involve r-a-p-e <laughs> no <laughs> i would just say that if it did if okay. you don't mind me typing can i type it to you uh just don't like beat your keyboard I'm just gonna okay type it to me i'll f i'll fill the void okay there i said what i needed to say and we can move on what the fuck <laughs> stormy i knew that you would that is that is so much worse than making a joke about rape. Oh my, I cannot believe what you just fucking that's the, said. That's the exact reaction that I was expecting. That's why I didn't want to say it because I didn't want us to get shut down and like people just to hate us. But let's just go with it. Let's just continue. Stormy, I've already talked. I've already talked mad shit about the craft on the website. So <laughs> fuck the craft. Anyway, like I was saying. One rule of the three rules of a horror movie are broken, but that's all you need. Mom dies twice because she's a binge. Oh, what I was going to say about the mom is why does she hide vodka bottles around her house if it's her house? I mean, she can kind of just put them wherever she wants, right? <laughs> I mean, she's, I know she's, she's obviously up. hiding it, but she's a grown up. So why doesn't she like be like, oh, well, fuck it. I can just like drink whenever I feel like it. But she's like. I'm gonna hide this vodka bottle under my bath towels in the like linen cabinet. <laughs> it's fucking random. Like right next to Nancy's yeah. room, she'll never notice. Oh, it's fucking ridiculous. Vodka's supposed to go in the freezer. Everybody knows this. Oh, is that so? Amateurs. Mm. Well, she likes it warm and dry in the linen closet. Gross. <laughs> uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, so, I guess we can wrap it up and call it a night, Sam. Fucking finally. <laughs> God, yeah, eventually I'm going to have to write up some uh, intro credits and outro credits, so everything we say just is consistent. I'm going to stop the podcast right here because Stormy did write us an outro script, and I'm going to go ahead and read from that instead of you guys having to listen to our stupid rambling and not actually hear where you can find us. So Real Horror Show is created by Sam Odie and Stormy Skies and is directed by Sam Odie. Like what you hear? You can find Real Horror Show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Really, really like what you hear? Follow us on Twitter at horrorshow underscore underscore pod or search for Real Horror Show on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Real Horror Show like our page and share our stuff. We also have a website that all our written reviews and podcasts can be found, realhorrorshow.com. Basically look for the beating heart, and if you don't see it, then it's probably not us. 
if you want to interact with us and make sure we are real humans and not space vampires, comment on our website or email us at realhorrorshowpodcast.com. Want to argue with us about something or think you have a really great horror movie review that you're dying to share with two random strangers on the internet? Leave us a comment and let us know. Keep your eyes open for updates on our next written reviews and our next podcast, which will be a discussion of Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. And I just want to say thank you guys for listening to these early episodes. We are having some sound issues that we're very aware of. I tried to mute them as best I could in this episode, but I'm not a sound editor. I'm learning as I'm going. That's why these episodes take so long to make and hopefully by our next review we'll have figured out what's causing the issues and can avoid it so thank you guys for listening fuck off and have a swell evening